Who is the most underrated actor of all time? It's Dolph Lundgren. Correct. Why? Well, because of his uh, spiky hair, yep. his ice-cold demeanor, and his big muscles. Absolutely. I must break you. Welcome to I Must Break This Podcast. This is the fan podcast celebrating the cinematic career of action legend Dolph Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to I Must Break This Podcast. This is the fan podcast that looks at the films of action star Dolph Lundgren. I'm your host Sean Malloy and on today's special 50th episode, yes, 50 it's hard to believe, let alone say. But uh, yeah, on the 50th episode of the show, I had the privilege of speaking with character actor and legend of cinema, Robert Miano. But before we get to today's conversation, I wanted to remind you all to please feel free to rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you go to subscribe. We always appreciate the reviews, especially those five-star reviews. Those always help. Uh, also, please check out the Facebook page for the show. I Must Break This Podcast. Here you can stay up to date on all the latest news regarding the show, the career of Mr. Dolph Lundgren, and other news regarding action cinema in general. So please help continue spreading the word of the show by liking, sharing, and being a fan of the page. Uh, also, please check out the official webpage for the show, I Must Break This Podcast.wordpress.com. Here you can get in contact with me with ideas, suggestions, or thoughts in general. Now on to today's episode. Uh, recently, I had the pleasure of speaking with accomplished actor and all-around badass Robert Miano. Miano has been acting in the business for almost 50 years with an amazingly impressive resume. He's played everything from military brass to biblical figures to gangsters. Thanks to his intimidating presence and intensity, fans may recognize him best in any of his many roles where he's played mobsters and mafiosos. In fact, one of his more popular performances was where he portrayed the gangster Sonny Red in the 1997 classic film Donnie Brasco. Here is actually a very small sampling that shows his versatility as an actor, with short excerpts from Donnie Brasco, The Funeral, and Girl's Trip. I got a lot of respect for you. I gave you 15 years. Now I'd like to spend the next 15, 20 years, if I still got him, making love to my wife, get my act together. You're going to change your career? I'll find something. But I can't do this kind of stuff anymore. Show oh! oh! uh, here. No, sir, I am sorry. You have the wrong room. Please leave. This is where I meet Rochelle every night. Hey, Rochelle ain't here, homeboy. You need to You don't have to be Rochelle. I'll take one of you. You mean to tell me we staying at a motel with $5 hoes do they business? $5 shit. I get $2 change. Might as well turn the profit on dick number one tonight. Bust that thing off her. Not if she wearing that. <laughs> Listen, sir, just because she is not fashionable doesn't mean that you have to be rude. Hey, Sonny, how you doing? Sonny Red. Who's this guy? This is Donnie, a friend of mine. We'll just stand there and look dangerous, friend. Oh, he does look dangerous, doesn't he? You gonna make this week's big? I hope so. Because I don't want to have to come looking for you. You hear me?
They're closing me down. They started burning trucks. It's a war, and it's costing both sides a great deal of money and anguish. What's our interest in this? Look, let me be honest with all of you. I don't like coming here and offering what amounts to extortion. No, so no, I can no, run no, my no, business please, in please. peace. You tell your union negotiators, I'll take care of you, of them, and whoever they have on their A-list. The rest of the rank and file will have to fend for themselves like everyone else in the country, and that's the best they can do. On this conversation, we chat working alongside Al Pacino and Donnie Brasco and a few of his other memorable roles throughout his storied career. We also discuss the time he squared off against Dolph in 1999's Stormcatcher, where he played William Jacobs, a sadistic U.S. general holding his country for ransom. It was truly a privilege and a treat being able to speak with Mr. Miano. Like I said, the man is a legend with hundreds of roles under his belt, and he's still not stopping. Miano has quite a few more films on the way slated to be released this year. I do hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. So for your listening pleasure is my conversation with Robert Miano on I Must Break This Podcast. Uh, well, yeah, like I was saying um, earlier, uh, <laughs> this really is an honor being able to speak with you. I, I think I was uh, saying the other day that I uh, just got done watching uh, Stormcatcher for at least the fifth or sixth time the other day. And so uh, getting to getting to speak with you after watching that film uh, it, while it's still fresh in my head is, is pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. So, um, but, you know, b- before we get to Stormcatcher, I was just curious, you know, you started out as a as a singer, right? Is this what opened the doors for acting or was acting something that you always aspired to do in addition to singing? Exactly. I, you know, I started as a singer and acting was something that always in like was always in the back of my mind. I was always playing, you know, make believe growing up. Now, do you, do you still practice singing to this day in some, in some form? Well, I, you know, I still sing once in a while. Yeah. I, I did a lot of singing, a lot of, uh, recording, a lot of singing, traveling. It was uh, it was my profession before I I became a f- professional actor. How about uh, how about teaching? Do you do you still uh, teach in, in forms of singing or acting? Sometimes I do teach uh, privately. Uh, I do, yeah. Well, while I'd love to go through your entire film, uh, your entire career, film by film, I'll of course uh, be respectful of your time, <laughs> but. Um, what, what's amazing and interesting to me is how you've carved a really cool niche for yourself, not just as heavies and villains, but also as like mobsters and mafiosos. Did you initially seek out these types of roles or did you more or less fall into them over the years? Well, I think, I think uh, it started uh, when I, when, well, not, not really. I mean, when I, the first job I got was at Universal Studios playing an Indian in the show Bridger. <laughs> And the show Bridger. So, <laughs> I mean, well, actually, I started started doing extra work in New York. I worked with Jack Lemmon, and uh, there was, you know, a lot of uh, who else. Uh, I did some extra work in New York, and then from there, I, you know, I started doing uh, bit roles in films. I was in the original Death Wish. Uh, I had a small part in that, and. And then Badge 373 with Bobby Duval, uh, The Money with Danny with Danny DeVito. Um, 
let's see, before I came out here to Los Angeles in 1974. I did a Broadway, Broadway play in 19, I think 1972, 73. It was called um, Fame. It was about Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. We did it at the Golden Theater, and it was it was really a thrill, you know, to be in a show on Broadway. Unfortunately, we we opened and closed in in one night. <laughs> so. But it was quite exciting, actually. And then, then I had an opportunity to come out here in 1974. I was brought out, actually, to sing. And uh, this 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 woman who was, um, she was working for Abby Rents. So she had a lot of a lot of uh, bar mitzvahs and weddings and social functions like that. And they brought me out. And I started to. Uh, I, I had a band. I you know. I, Put a band together out here, and I would do these, these, um, you know, these parties, and and then I started studying out here with Charles Conrad, who was who was a marvelous uh, acting coach at the time. He was like a guru, and there were some wonderful people in the class, like Suzanne Summers and uh, Lois Childs, uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, uh, just to name a few, there were so many wonderful people in that class. Then I studied with Jeff Corey, and then I went on to study with Michael Shirtliff and uh, Nina Foch, and who else? I mean, Michael Gazzo. So I really spent spent a lot of time uh, working with some wonderful, wonderful people, people developing, you know, my uh, my craft. I got I got involved with the Actors Studio through through uh, Marty Lando. He he kind of brought me in, was my mentor, and I became a lifetime member of the Actors Studio. And I I still go to the studio, still put up work there, and uh, that's how it all started. Now, I mean, once you fell into the acting, it seems like you started focusing more. On the acting, did the did the singing kind of take a back a back seat, or were you balancing the two? No, I, I pretty much became uh, focused on the acting. The singing was something that came easily to me. It was a, it was a, a natural gift. The acting, I had the talent, but I had to really work work at the acting. It really took me a long time to to develop that that craft. But you know. To answer your question, it it took all my time, so the singing really became an after, you know like an afterthought, uh, and I just devoted all my my time and energy into you know into into my uh, into my acting. Well, you know, I, I will say, I mean, in my opinion, I, I've always felt that uh, playing a villain seems so much more fun than than playing a hero. I mean obviously I imagine you know both uh both archetypes have their have their perks and their advantages but um you must really enjoy playing the bad guy I'm assuming, right? I enjoy playing a good role, you know, that has okay. that has uh dimension to it. Uh you know, yeah, villains are fun to play. Uh I I was I played Daniel in the book of Daniel. That was fun. Um, but yeah, villains villains were a lot of fun. And to answer your 
your previous question, how I got into playing villains. You know, I started in television, and I got roles on T.J. Hooker playing the bad guy. <laughs> and they seemed to like me playing the bad guy, not the, uh, you know, not the romantic hero or the all-American guy. I was like the dark guy, the the bad guy. And, you know, the more the more you play that role, I guess, the more you develop a, a uh, you know, an instinct for it. You develop a, uh, a feeling for it. So I continue to play those roles. Hence, I got that, you know, got that role in Donnie Brasco playing Sonny Red, which, which, uh, you know, which uh, made a difference in, in the career. You know, uh, I got more jobs after that, more recognition after that. So, well, yeah, I mean, you, you were amazing in, in Donnie Brasco. Well, you know, I, I, people say that, you know, people do say that to me. And it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the Bronx, in the Southeast Bronx. And, um, actually, and I grew up in the Southeast Bronx and I, I grew up with Pacino. Uh, he, he lived like, uh, he lived like actually two blocks away from me, literally right around the corner. And, you know, he's a couple of years older, but I would, I would see Al all the time in the streets and we'd play stick, stick ball together and basketball and, and baseball. And, and uh, you know, he came from a very, he came from very humble beginnings. You know, he had very, very little. I actually saw him do his first play in junior high school. And so, uh, you know, when I, when I was out here, I, I kind of reconnected with Al after all those years. And when they were casting Donnie Brasco, um, my agent couldn't get, get me in. So I called, I called New York. I called uh, Al's office and, and this, um, and his, you know, one of his assistants picked up the phone and I said, listen, I said, you know, I'm having difficulty getting in, you know, to see uh, the casting people for Donnie Brasco. And he said to me, look, Robert, I'm making I'm making Al's list right now as we speak. I'll put you down. And lo and behold, the next day I get a call from the casting director. My agent did, and said they said we'd like to see Robert come in, pick up a script. We'd like to read him for for Sunny Red. So long story short, um, I go in for the audition. There's two other actors. They bring me into the to the room with these two other actors, and we're sitting around with Mike Newell. And um, we read the scene once or twice, and and when I finished, when we finished the audition, Mike Newell stood up, and he, you know, he started to thank us, but he he put out his left hand to me, uh, like hanging his left hand in front of me, and, you know, dangling it, and, and I looked at it like, what was I supposed to do with that? Uh, was I supposed to kiss it? I, I anyway, <laughs> it got me. It got me a little. Uh, my ears got red, hot, and I, I walked out and I kind of looked at Mike like, "What the fuck is this?" So anyway, I walked out to cool down, you know, to kind of take a breath. Walked back in. He was still, you know, he was still thanking everybody, and his hand was wiggling around. And I left, and I said, "Wow, that was 
that was a waste of time, actually. He brought two other actors in with me, blah, blah, blah. And two weeks later, I get a call from the agent. They want to hire me um, as a local hire in New York to play the role of Sonny Red. I said, wow, that's amazing. I said, of course, I'll do it. So I fly, I fly to New York, and I'm at the Gulf Western Building. We're waiting for everybody to show up to have a table read. Johnny Depp is there, and and Jimmy Russo and Hesh, and Johnny Depp and Michael Madsen, and the last one to waltz in is Al. And I was standing. I saw him come out of the elevator, and he looks at me and he says, "Bob, Bob, you're doing this, Bob, Bob." <laughs> so. Uh, about a week or two into the shoot, uh, I, 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 I took Mike Newell on the side. I said, Mike, tell me something. I mean, you saw all these people. Everybody saw so many people for this role. Why did you give me the role? He says, Robert, it was your cruel eyes. Uh-huh. So I guess there's something something in my in my expression, in my intensity that... that uh, that I've always had. I never had to work for that. It's, I guess it's just part of who I am and it works well to play villains, but it's taken me, it took me some time to learn how to find, find humor, to find the humor in that, in that character. And fortunately it, it's helped <laughs> because it's opened up, it, op- it opened up more roles for me. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's just a journey that I'm on, and like they say, it's 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 not a, a sprint but a marathon, and I I still get I still have the passion to you know to get in front of the camera and and do my best, and um, I've got like I don't know three or four films coming out right now. I just finished producing and and starring in one called The Deep Ones, that is uh, directed by Chad Ferrin. And that should be coming out soon, uh, so we can put that in there because I can use the, you know, use the little uh, hype, you might say, the deep ones. It's a sci-fi film based on H.P. Lovecraft's work, and uh, the film should be ready in May. Uh, I've got one that's out now called Exorcism at sixty thousand feet with Bai Ling. And uh, and and uh, Mosley, uh, and uh, who else? Uh, there's a, a few films that you know that are that are uh, ready to be released. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, because you you are constantly working, which I think is extremely impressive. I mean, some years you've worked on as many as it looks like what ten projects a year. Uh, whether it's a combination of short films and full-length films, do you ever see yourself slowing down, or do you enjoy staying constantly busy? You know, to me, work uh, work is the answer. You know, it's about the work, and um, slowing down. I don't. You know, as long as I'm healthy, thank God. You know, <laughs> you know, I'll keep going. I'll keep doing it. I, like I said, I haven't lost a passion for it. So yeah. as long as as long as I'm healthy uh, and they're gonna pay me, you know, a fair, you know, a decent wage, you know, I'll get my ass up and uh, you know make faces in front of the camera. <laughs> well, you know, 
I mean, looking at, uh, for example, you know, looking at Sunny Red, I mean, yeah. compared to, uh, for example, um, like in Fast and the Furious. I mean, you you, you played a, uh, you know, a, a pretty big heavy in Fast and the Furious as well. I'm just curious, how do you how do you choose to differentiate many of these roles? Because I've noticed that your mafioso characters, if you will, are all different from one another in certain ways. Are these conscious decisions on your behalf, or are they written, you know, a certain way on the page? How does that work? Well, you know. It's it, it, the you start with the premise of how would it be for me given these circumstances. So it's always me at the core of it. Mm-hmm. And since you know, there's uh, the metaphor I use is you never step in the same river twice. So I'm not the same person. I'm not the same person that I was yesterday. Nor am I the same actor that I was uh, five years ago or ten years ago. Nor will I be the same actor, you know, hopefully 10 years from now. It's an evolution. It's it's an exploration. So, you know, as I change, so the, so do these characters. It's a kind you know, it's, it's something, it's, 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 it's always change, changing and I'm changing. So therefore, if I'm changing, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm, you know, so are these characters that I play. Well, I mean, the the thing that I really, truly respect about um, you and your career um, and all these various roles is how you always seem to bring 110% to every single uh, role that you do. Well, you know, I, I you know, that's very, very kind of you. And I appreciate that. That's, um, and, and I, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I, whether it's, Hey, listen, for me, whether it's a hundred million dollar movie and we've done those, you know, Fast and the Furious, God knows how much that costs, you know, or a $30 million movie or a $30,000 movie. For some reason, I, I can't bring anything more than what you're saying. I can't bring anything less than, than 150%. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know what you would call it. Is it a pride? Is it, I just, you know, I, I just uh, have to give it my best. I don't know where that comes from, uh, but that's how I approach every role. In other words, I don't, I don't slack. I don't, I don't uh, phone any role in. Whether, like I said, it could be thirty thousand or thirty million. I'm going to give it the same. I give it the same, the same kind of uh, commitment. I think any art, any real artist does that, you know, because. Uh, that's, I guess, why they're an artist. Well, you know, I'd be, uh, I'd be completely remiss if I didn't ask you about the film that you did in 1999 alongside uh, Dolph Lundgren called Stormcatcher. Uh, what was that project like? Let me go back there. 1999. Did you, did you uh, see uh, a girl's trip? No. Uh, yeah, yes, I did. That was the uh, one with uh, Tiffany Haddish, yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. I guess we'll talk about that one later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Stormcatcher, I know this is about Dolph. Uh, um, so Stormcatcher, let me, let me see how that – I think that was Millennium at the time. That was Avi Lerner's company. And um, – uh, I was I was working for them and I, I did another film for them in Bulgaria and I came back and I was supposed to do something else and <clears throat> excuse me they uh, they offered me this role you know to play the general uh, opposite Dolph and to this day my wife thinks that's 
she thinks that's the best role I've ever done. One of the best roles, anyway. She loved that character. And she loved the general. And uh, and working with Dolph, you know, I, you know, I knew Dolph uh, uh, personally as well. We used to uh, frequent an acting class that I was running at the time. He would come in and work out once in a while. And uh, so it was fun. It was fun to work with Dolph. He's he's a good guy. And um, yeah, so Stormcatcher, uh, I, uh, I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that film very much. And uh, again, I, I I think I've played maybe a general, maybe one other general, but not like that. There was a there was a and that was a villain. That was a, a bad guy, a bad general. Yeah. Well. You can you can tell your wife that um, I actually agree with her uh, wholeheartedly, 100%, actually, um, because, you know, I was talking about this actually with a buddy um, a couple months back. But what, what's interesting about the film, I mean, because if you look at uh, Dolph Lundgren, I mean, he is a very um, tall and imposing figure. But the, right. thing that, the thing that I've always appreciated about your role in the film is how you are equally – imposing and intimidating. I mean, you can tell that your general character, um, he's this hard-nosed general who just commands respect. And that, that is what I always loved about your role there. Okay, I got that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I learned a long time ago, you never play second banana to everybody, anybody. anybody. Uh, maybe that's, you know, you don't play second banana to anybody. And maybe that's why it also worked in Donnie Brasco, you know, with Sonny Red, you know, uh, I never played second banana to, you know, knowing Al who he was, but still, Sonny Red was was really a badass, you know, and I saw him like that, and and that's how I played it, and I think that's what resonates, you know, yeah. I I well, I approach all the roles like that, all the roles, no matter what role it is, you know. I don't I I remember doing one with uh, Morgan Freeman and. Uh, the director came up to me after I did a scene with Morgan, and he said, "Do you mind being a little more friendly to Morgan?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that was funny. Uh, yeah, but uh, so that's that's how that that's how I show up, you know. And I guess that's why it shows up like that in in Stormcatcher. And it was a great role. It was a good role. I, you know, it was a, it was a fun role to play. Are there by yeah. chance any ro- roles that you've turned down over the years that you look back upon and you think, ah, man, I, I should have gotten that role. I should have said yes. Uh, not really. The only roles I turned down were roles I, I you know, I just didn't feel that I was right to play. You know, I wasn't, I just didn't like the role. And uh, I mean, I can always find something Something interesting in the in the in the role, but uh, no, that doesn't happen too often. No, where I turned out a role and it turned out to be something really spectacular. Yeah. No. Well, you mentioned Girls Trip, so let's talk about that one. Uh, what what was that uh, What was that production like? Well, you know, first of all, you're working with uh, such talented people. I mean, uh, Queen Latifah and Haddish and uh, Regina uh, Hall, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, those are all wonderful, wonderful actors and actresses. And, you know, um, I went in and uh, uh, I got the audition 
through you know through a contact at at Universal Studios. Uh, they you know they they got me to audition, and I had to go in and audition for it. Um, and I did, and and I was surprised. They they gave me the role, and you know they they flew me out to uh, to New Orleans to shoot it. Malcolm Lee directed it, and uh, you know there was this this nudity in it, and I, I you know I knew what what the the nudity was, and I really I, I, you know I kind of wrestled with that for for about a minute maybe more. Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to, you know, uh, uh, expose myself like that on screen? <laughs> so so uh, uh, I decided to do it. And I get to, you know, uh, get to, you know, to New Orleans. I'm in my trailer. And, and Malcolm Lee comes into my trailer, which I was surprised. And he says, Robert, are you, are you, are you ready to do this? Uh, you know, and you know, we kind of we just walked, talked, we walked and talked through it, and I said, let's let's rock and roll, you know, and uh, we got on set, and you know, we did you know a few takes, several takes, and everybody was very very supportive, and um, so it went. It actually, shoot went very very well, actually, you know. Uh, I think when, when that moment came, the girls were were pretty surprised. I think they were shocked. And um, when we went to the uh, to the premiere at the Universal Studio, you know, all the producers there, all the actors are there, and I'm there with my wife, and we're watching this movie, and it's pretty funny, you know. And man, this is funny. She's funny. They're funny. And all of a sudden, the scene comes on, and I'm looking at it, and all I could say was. Oh my God! <laughs> and I'm watching the reaction in this, you know, in this auditorium, and the people were were laughing their ass off. They were like, they were going, Oh my God, as well. So you know, it's a, I think it's a, it's a moment. It's a, it's a good moment, and uh, you know, it served me well. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was good. It was good. It was liberating in a way, and it was frightening. It was, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was something else actually. Well, you're a you're a real jack of all trades, like a real Renaissance man. I mean, you you can say that you've played, you know, mobsters like Sonny Red to a uh, to a, a U.S. general, and then in this uh, this fun role in Girls Trip. So and then well Daniel, the, in the book of Daniel, we played Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've had a chance. Yeah, it's been fun. Indians. I mean, I've played. You know, it's been fun. It's been it's been good, Sean. And you know, I'm still in it. You know, I'm still doing it. And who knows? You know, who knows what's what's next? You know, nobody does really. Maybe H.G. Wells, but he's not here anymore. <laughs> so, um, that about wraps it up, really. Unless, yeah. Yeah, unless you have anything else. Yeah, you know, the last question I was just asking, I mean, Go ahead. Kind of, you, you already kind of answered it, but I'm just curious. In accepting all of these various roles, um, 
what factors into your decisions in taking on these roles? I mean, do you look for new characters to play? Is it the location of shooting? How does that, uh, how does that come into the, uh, when you decide? I'm going to use a, can I use a dirty word? Yeah, you know, sure. For myself, I'm not even going to use a dirty word. You know, you know, I'll, I'll quote somebody else. I'll quote Giancarlo. Uh, I had a, I worked with him in a film up in Canada called the, the Neighborhood, and that was a thrill for me to do a scene with to do a scene with with Giancarlo because to me he's one of the, the luminaries. You know, he's one of the the greats. Uh, you know, and I listen. I've been very fortunate to work with some really talented, talented people, you know, through the years. Um, you know, I won't go through the whole roster, but there's been quite a few of them. And he was, what he, he said, he says, we're all whores. We're all whores. And that's to answer your question. I mean, if they pay me, if they pay me a decent wage and I don't have to, you know, uh, hurt anybody, you know, I'll, uh, I'll probably take the role. Well said. Well, I am really looking forward to these, uh, these roles that uh, you have lined up and uh, keep working hard because uh, I enjoy seeing you on screen, sir. You got it, Sean. All right. You take care. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Take care.